stole my thunder off the top uh he mentioned before we started recording that the mariners uh claimed drew ellis off of waivers the former louisville cardinal who uh had a cup of coffee with the arizona diamondbacks but drew ellis the seattle mariner this is the just baseball show friday june 17th uh all three of us finally we pinned down arm the same week you guys could pin me down uh arm how do you feel about being a grounded bird right now and you got to sit with us for the next 45 minutes you know, I, I tried to squirm out of it. I, I tried to book doctor's appointments. I tried to tried to book a flight. I couldn't get out of it, so I'm stuck. Yeah, sorry to hear and, it. And Arm's even going to hop on not gambling advice and give his top five prospects to watch in fantasy baseball as well as some other prospects who are going to make an impact this year. So he's he's really running the gauntlet right now. I'm actually yeah, I'm pretty I, proud I, of him. I put out, put out the call-up. Ep- I actually ran the gauntlet today. That's actually awesome. Running the gauntlet. I, I did a call-up episode today, too. I'm doing the JV gauntlet. Uh, I'm gonna make a TikTok and then wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on YouTube and live stream. I'm actually live streaming on YouTube too. So I am running the gauntlet today. I love that actually description of it. And didn't you do state of the division this morning too? Oh yeah, I did. Holy shit. That's You're crazy. actually amazing. I'm, That's I'm crazy. very proud of you. Thank you. Very and good. I ate. And I ate today. I had lunch. Did you usually that's one of the things that I forget to do. If I have yeah, like three Jack, or four Jack things traveled to do. with me, he, he saw how bad uh, dude. Also, by the way, I don't eat. You have like Swedish fish for breakfast. Uh, I have Swedish fish for an early lunch, not breakfast, uh, but Swedish fish are delicious. They are. Uh, the, you guys got to get your juices in. you got to get your pills. Like I'm a B12 right here. Just took yeah. a B12. Yeah. See that? Yeah. I remember we were talking about it. That's great. Hey, how do you get your juices? What do you mean? How do I get them? How do you, you know, get I buy them? them at the juicery? How do you, you buy them at the juicery or does your mom ship? Them I buy them you? at the juicery or, you know, they're, they're bought by a, a third party and that third party does end up delivering them to me. I don't think that matters, but mom, shout out you. I love you for getting me the juices. <laughs> they are the absolute best and they get me through the day. Mom, love you. Good I work. My All mom right. Would send me juices. We're going to hit a bunch of different baseball topics here. Um, One of which was Drew Ellis. We're already done with that. Jesse Winker just got signed to a mini extension, which is kind of weird, but we're really just going to like go through some of the headlines, talk about the hottest hitters through the first two weeks of June um, and send you into the weekend talking about the weekend series, because this will be a really solid slate of weekend baseball that you can sit down and watch. But first, Peter, you texted us this morning and you said you've got a bone to pick uh, about having like, five to 10 apps that you got to go on to watch baseball. It's starting to get annoying. It's starting to get really annoying. I am a Yankee fan living in New York city. And as a Yankee fan living in New York city, it's blacked out constantly. You can't watch it on MLB TV. So you got to get yes network. Okay. You get yes network. That's fine. But then I have to get Apple TV. Then I have to go get Peacock. Then I have to go get Amazon. 
then I have to continue and continue to subscribe to seven different apps. Arm made a good point. I understand with the MLB, you know, it makes sense. You know, they're trying to spread it to new audiences, but by spreading it to new audiences, it feels that they're also pricing out some of their biggest fans. I shouldn't have to go on crackstreams.illegal.porn <laughs> yeah. in yeah. order to watch a Yankee game. I shouldn't have to do that, but I find myself on my laptop getting viruses because I'm on these ultra illegal streaming sites. No. And maybe we shouldn't mention that, but honestly, I don't care because what are they going to do? They can't no. make me continue to buy and buy and buy all of these different streaming services just to watch all 162 of my favorite team. And that doesn't even, that, I, that's just me being a Yankee fan. This is a thing across the country where you can't watch your team if you live in that city. Or remember we, when we were in Omaha and we wanted to turn on the Royals game because I think we were interested in watching Lynch or whatever, which I don't know why we were because Lynch hasn't been good, but last year he was, or at least whatever. But we couldn't turn on a Royals game because it was close to Omaha. They're not even that close. We were like, dude, we were in like, hell circle in terms of blackouts we were blacked out of like three games at once in omaha because of the midwest just proximity to a bunch of different teams but to peter's point i i wrote that piece when they when mlb partnered with you know apple tv to to do that that game i don't love the the call but i like the innovativeness of the broadcast and i like how they're trying to approach it differently and i think with the right people in the booth if trial and error i think that could be a great you know, occasional stream to have, but you have to draw the line somewhere, right? Like I'm okay with a couple third parties. If you miss one or two games a year, it is what it is. It's good to, to get the game in front of other people. And Apple TV is leaning into sports very heavily as we've seen, but like why five or six different services now? Like that, that for me, if you ask me arm name, all of the streaming services that baseball is on right now. I don't know if I could name it. And I'm very lucky that when I'm home, my mom has like the mega subscription and has like every single you know thing on here. And shout out moms, shout yeah. out moms, shout out moms, shout out my um, mom. You know what? Fuck it. Shout, shout out, out your my mom. mom. Shout yes. out your mom. Yeah. What does she have? What does she give you? Peter gets juices. <laughs> I get all the channels. What does, what does Mrs. McMullen give you? A roof over my head when I go home and love and affection. That, That's beautiful. That's, it works, right? Very nice. But, but the point is on the streaming is um, there's too many. I think you got to draw the line somewhere. I draw my line at Peacock morning games, I think. Well, that's because you're not a morning person. The Peacock morning games are my favorite because I think Jason Benetti's so good. And I oh, love oh, the yeah, concept that's there. I love Benetti. Um, the, the concept there is incredible where you've got one regional analyst from each team and they come together in the same booth. So if you've got Braves Mets on, you might have a Keith Hernandez or a Ron Darling, and then you've got a Jeff Francoeur and Andrew Jones here. And any Brave question can go to Jeff Francoeur. Any Met question can go to Ron Darling. That is awesome, and that's how these that national awesome. broadcasts should be because you've got these national analysts flying in, and like, yeah, they watch the game on TV, but they're not around when the team is doing batting practice. They're there for two days. They're not there for seven days for 162 games. Um, so I, I think that structure is good. Let me try and rattle them all off here because I'm going to count ESPN as a national broadcast. Obviously, you've got the RSN, the regional sports networks that you get via MLB.tv. Apple TV Plus has two Friday night games. YouTube has a Wednesday day game. uh, And then Peacock has Sunday morning. Does Prime have one? Am I missing? Yeah, Prime has Prime has Yankee games on it. I don't know exactly. Yankee games? Yeah. That might be a deal with yes. 
probably, but whatever. It's it's just it's another thing that you'd have to pay for to get those games. So again, let me pitch you on something that is totally like not cracked streams. Um, Norton Secure VPN. I'm telling you, Norton yeah. is a legitimate company. Norton LifeLock. Three bucks a month, I pay for a VPN, a virtual private network. That means that I am not located anywhere. So I'm in the Midwest out of Indianapolis. I'm blacked out of the White Sox, the Cubs, and the Reds. So I don't get any of those games. But with the VPN, I turn the VPN on and I can watch any of those games on MLB.tv. I am only getting off MLB.tv for Amazon or for um, Apple TV and for Peacock. So again, this that. is my pitch. First of all, that is a good idea for anybody listening. That is a good idea. But so I have to be Sherlock Holmes for MLB TV. Yes. And then I also still have to buy two more other streaming but, services. Like I have to just to watch baseball. So Peacock, you have to pay for Apple TV Plus free right now. Okay. And let's talk about other I'm going to download here. it. It's annoying. The NBA. How do you get the games that aren't on ESPN or TNT? League Pass, right? Yeah, but I don't watch that much NBA regular season, so I'm not in He's that a boat Knicks as much. Fan. You think he watches? Yeah, no, I can't I watch that. So. Um, how about the NFL? You need Sunday ticket. True. Yeah. But you, then these... you have it. You're good. You're covered. That, that you you have it. You're done. And they it's have over. red zone, which is amazing. MLB does a big inning, which I do really like. But red zone is, I mean, that's all you need. You just need red zone. So with MLB, I just feel like they're pricing fans out of it. Because the bill at the end of the month is what I'm also talking about here. Because MLB is a certain amount of money. Then Apple TV, and maybe some are free here and there, whatever. But at the end of the month, when you see the bill to be able to go from all these different games, it's not worth it at some points when I have crack.stream.porn.gross. Like, then it's just like, you know what? I'll just go in there. But like, that's not what we should be having. We should be able to watch baseball without pricing fans and figure out new ways to expose to new audiences. Because I'm sure we also know how MLB operates. I don't think that they're just under this assumption. Like, all we're trying to do here is just spread the game. That's all we're trying to do. We're making money. They're in the business of making money. They're making tons of money, hand over hand money. Yeah. So that's, that's the rant. Um, RM, your rebuttal. No, honestly, you know, I, I like the, the concept and the challenge that it brings to be innovative in the booth. That's the one thing I like about it. You bring up like Benetti and and, that's true. Regional. I like like that. I like Apple trying to be different and trying to figure it out. Now we're getting, you know, some innovation and some differences from what is like pretty mundane national broadcast. That part of it I do like. I do agree with Peter though. There's there's too many different areas where the games have to be found, and that is a little bit frustrating. But at the same time, it, it's it's how they make their money. My issue is this: I had my mom over one time when I was in Syracuse still, and she was helping me move into my I think it was my sophomore apartment, and. I was trying to, to stream a game on crack.streams.porn.whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And legitimately, I like I walked away from the Xbox. I come back and my mom's looking at me like horrified. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I was just trying to put the Marlins game on. And you see and a rectum. I it was it was animated female body just bouncing up and down. <laughs> and my mom's like, What do you what do you watch? 
like it's not my business but like what and i was like mom, mom this I is swear, actually the angels game <laughs> I, I, i'm trying to put the i'm tr- trying to watch the marlins game I, this might be better this more, might be more pleasing to watch actually but i, I swear i'm the trying same. to watch for certain crowds yeah <laughs> yeah uh but that would kind of did me in there so I, I, look, there's a, there's a level of, you got to find a balance. And at, at the end of the day, money reigns supreme. And we know that. And uh, that's why these poor owners, uh, I, I don't know how they survive, but they continue to find a few nickels and dimes in different streaming services to stay alive yeah. uh, and, and, and continue to make at least some money. I'm curious see how the this... Castellini's put like Reds TV plus and like it's $50 a month to download yeah. then That's i'll coming. actually be okay with the rest of the streaming platforms because then i'm like all right the world's over like it's just okay. over, might as well just. so that set me up for a really good transition here to jesse winker making seven million annually but um before that one more thought on uh on the streaming platforms i'm curious how this conversation is going to go after we see prime video for the nfl because this is the first year where we've got the nfl on prime video so that's another streaming service that people need to go get. And it's Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, which I'm so excited for. That's like, gonna that'll be, be awesome. great. That's going to be awesome too. But then again, you know, the way football is played, you know, it's only once a week in that, in that sense too. Like yeah, baseball, but you only you need Apple TV games. once a week. You only need Peacock once a week. Yeah. But this, this is all different parts of the week. It's like, you need Apple TV one, once a week and then you need Peacock TV. So I'm using five different streams all in a week. Yeah. That's I my thing. You. And it's too much, but let's move on. Okay. Pretend that aside never happened. Uh, by the way, speaking of Bob Castellini, he couldn't give Jesse Winker $14 million over two years. A lot of money. <laughs> Is it? Uh, Winker would have made a lot more money if he didn't suck eggs this year. Aram, I mean, does, does $7 million annually for the next two years make any sense for Winker and the Mariners? I, I mean, I, I, I guess. It, you're going to pay him around that anyways through arbitration. So it's more of them just foregoing arbitration i guess right so for winker if he continues to suck eggs like he's guaranteeing he knows what's coming in now and they don't have to go to arbitration and battle it out and obviously the mariners would be like telling him he sucks in arbitration uh to get less money or so that he does not have to cost as much but this kind of foregoes that makes it easier and it's 6.25 this year 8.25 next year according to joel sherman of the new york post 400k in bonuses as well which i would assume he's not hitting any bonuses this year maybe bonuses is 100 wrc plus against lefties right yeah, yeah which yeah so can we talk about that for a second because we were talking pre-recording arm had a great answer to this so our guy sam lucchini he came in with the lefty righty splits because that's what jesse winker suffered with last year so in 2021 against lefties he had a 57 wrc plus so he's basically 50 percent below league average against left-handed pitching but then against righties 178 wrc plus he was one of the better left-handed bats against righties in the entire sport this year he's got a 130 wrc plus against lefties and a 79 wrc plus against righties and i was honestly confused too when sam sent that in but i hadn't done the research and then arum comes in with well this is what he's done against lefties so this is why it makes sense so yeah, this is the funny thing is you look at the the slash line, right? So against righties, 208, 323, 252. Horrible. Which gives you a 574 OPS. Almost against 600. lefties, 231, 333, 446. So the big difference is the slugging percentage, right? Like that's where we see the big, big, big difference. He only has 65 at-bats against left-handed pitching this year. And he has four total home runs against pitchers of either hand. So you figure he runs into two home runs against a lefty. You know, it could have been off a pitch uh, on a position player pitching. I have no idea. But like 
two extra home runs and that small of a sample size bumps up the OPS big time. I bet you by the end of this year, this normalizes and he stinks against both. Unfortunately, like, I wow. think that's what the reality is going to be. I don't think he's magically flip flopped and now he can hit lefties and can't hit righties. I think it's kind of ballooned from a small sample size and two of his three home runs come in there. But with that said, you guys don't think he's going to be any better against righties. It feels like, of course, he has to be. He's got to be. I mean, he's been dreadful, and he's not this bad. Like, we joke around about him because, you know, we make fun of him because he dropped three fly balls and three different of my bets last year, which made me want to punch the TV. But (laughs) to summarize that, he's not a good fielder. And then at the plate, we know we can crush right-handed pitching. I feel like he's going to get better in that department. He has to. What's your take, Jack? Are you just are you, silence? Are you, because are you smoking the Winker pack? It just because he plays with Robbie or because he plays with Robbie Ray now? I'm packing a one hitter of the Winker pack. I'm not. I'm not getting high on the Winker pack, but I'll I'll get a smidge. Uh, you know, loosey goosey on the Winker pack. I think I don't. I don't think he ever does what he does last year again. Like I, I don't think he's that guy. I think he drastically overperformed last year. Um, do I think he's better than this? I absolutely do think he's better than this, but you know, I, to be totally honest, I don't think he's an all-star again. I don't. Um, I, I think he can be a, a solid enough major leaguer and I think he'll be worth 7 million annually, but yeah. I don't see him being an American league all-star. No, definitely not. I mean, there's, there's a better outfielder on his own team, Julio Rodriguez. He should be the all-star, but he's not going to be an all-star anyway. Who's no, I'm not even talking this year. Price? I don't think Winker's oh, an all-star yeah. oh. again. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I was like, no shot, he's making it this year. But yeah, I don't think he'll ever be. I don't know if he'll ever be an all-star again. He just has to have a crazy hot first half against right-handed pitching. And I don't know if that ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, who is the Mariners all-star this year? France. Ty France. Oh, yeah, that's it. Ty Ty France. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Marco Gonzalez. (laughs) He likes Ty France. Marco Gonzalez shoves every day, but yeah, that is what it Uh, is. Maybe J.P. Crawford, too, is a reserve, although he's taken a tick down recently. Yeah, tick down. And he's um, been with an illness lately, just like in the past couple of days. Hey, how about your fish, man? Peter Gammons uh, apparently said that the Marlins are, quote, pushing hard for Ramon Laureano. This is a guy that we've been talking about since April, right? Well, quote him right, Jack. He, the Marlins are are pushing to make pushes. <laughs> That's what he well, uh, said, Peter. Uh, the, here's what Gammon said. The Marlins have pushed what is said to be, quote, pushing hard for Oakland's Ramon Laureano. And you know that's not Peter Gammon's fault. That's probably exactly from the Marlins' brat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how the Marlins phrased <laughs> Look, I think the Marlins are pushing to push themselves to, to make an attempt to make their team better. Because, I mean, look, I just watched the last game, and the ball falls right in front of Jesus Sanchez that could have been caught in center. And then... Another guy gets on board, three-run shot, they lose. Not only that, Jesus Sanchez is just not giving you competitive at-bats. It's either home run or brutal. His 2-0 swing is the same as an 0-2 swing. They need a center fielder if they want to try to survive. They're showing signs of life. They took two out of three from the Astros. They should have taken two out of three from the Phillies. They swept the Nationals. Like, try. Uh, But Ramon Noriano's price, I don't think, is going to be too cheap. But it's tough to peg what exactly his price would be because – he has the PED suspension. There's a little bit of inconsistency. They don't even play him in center right now because of Pache. And uh, I, I do wonder what the value of a Ramon Oriano is. He does come with several years of control, which I think is the big focus. Arm, can you take me into the mind of a Marlins fan on Twitter? Because whenever I look at your Twitter, 
whenever you post something positive, you have Marlins fans being like, no, no, yeah. no, Shut we're up. not that good. Loser. Yeah. And then when you're like, you posted that play, and I totally agree with you. Any regular center fielder should have made that play that Jesus Sanchez made. Then you post that, and people are at your neck. It makes no sense to me. It's like, it do you want to be happy? Do you want to be happy, Marlins fans? I want no, you to be happy. No, they don't want to be don't. happy. They don't. They, they indulge the pain. And, and they I, could be I, great I people. find myself sometimes feeling that. But, like, I was excited for this Philly series. I was excited for the Sandy Nola game. I haven't been excited for a Marlins game since, like, 2020. And, <laughs> and even that was, like, you know, faux excitement because it was all I, – I still think that season doesn't count. I, I, will, I will lean on that. I will always say that season is kind of whatever. Like, I don't count that as a playoff berth for the Marlins. I, I get it. Like depressed fan bases, like most of the fans either check out and the ones that are still there are very damaged. I am damaged, but like at a certain level, you got to call a spade a spade. They love Jesus Sanchez, but like, let's be real. He's just not playing good defense in center field. And that's a ball that should have been caught. And that costs you ball games. It's not Jesus Sanchez's fault. He shouldn't be out there. Uh, and, and that's just the reality of it. And Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler are not everyday corner outfielders i would rather see one of them or both of them see their ab's slashed and have jesus sanchez take some of their ab's out of the corner and, and go get a ramon Laureano if you're actually serious about winning but i just don't believe that the marlins are serious about winning i think what they say and what they do are two very different things and, and the financial commitment to soler and avi garcia are not conducive to them getting their at bats slashed in the slightest. correct which is so, what do you arm what do you do with avi garcia at this point because we've had, you know, Yankee fans are like, what do we do with Joe Gallo? What do we do with Aaron Hicks? Like, it's the same kind Keep of thing. Keep your wife away from him. Yeah. That's, that's an important step in the Avi Garcia saga. Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you for the um, asterisk. No, realistically, there's nothing you can do, man, because no one's taking that contract. And at the same time, it's like, are you going to just bench him and not let him try to get better? Like, you got to ride that shit out. And that's what really sucks is I don't want two dudes in my lineup that you have to say, oh, we got to ride it out. Solaire has been at least moderately productive. Solaire's been good, I feel, or not good, he's, but he's at least fine. not bad. He's and he's been, been better lately, not yes. like in the past he's couple of days, fine. but I feel like lately he's been better. Yeah, you know, he's been fine. So like you can give him the AB, but like Avi Garcia has to play because you're invested five years in this guy and, and for $54 million, like, you've got to just hope that he figures it out. And that's the shittiest part because you're literally just giving your, you're leaving yourself with like a gaping hole every single day. Uh, and, and it's not like this lineup is fantastic as is. That's the really frustrating part. And, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're willing to cut into his ABs, but I doubt it because as you know, financial commitment makes you make some bad decisions. It makes you make some really bad decisions. I saw that with Jason Hayward for a long time in Chicago. And now finally they're getting rid of that issue. Um, and Jason Hayward is a much better leader than Avi Garcia is um, like better guy. I don't think there's a way in the next three years that you can get Avi Garcia off the Marlins, right? Like it's not like anybody's going to give you anything in, in a trade deal. So like is, is the path forward here hoping Jorge Soler opts out of his deal after this yes. year? Yes. That sucks for Marlins fans. I'm so sorry. You're hoping that the guy that you paid for opts out and that, and that was your big, your two big sucks, dude. And and here's the thing too. We are 51 games in to a five year deal. And we're saying, how do the Marlins get out of this shit? 
How did they not know that before? You remember how much I everybody hated knew before. You you remember how much I hated the signing before Dude, when we everybody I came right on this podcast time. and I bitched to both of you about it. And it's gone worse than I could have imagined. So my point here is like I we always say front office usually knows more. Front office, there's more to it. You know, they, they know more than we do. Do they? Like, do they? I don't think so. Because everybody and their moms could have told us that. Avi Garcia is not a guy you give five years to. He's never had consecutive good seasons. He's coming off of a good season. You knew this was going to be a bad one. And you just got to ride out and weather this storm. And that's the worst part. He's walking 3% of the time. No, Arm, I agree with you. There's some organizations where we can never hold a hat to. Like the Rays know more than us. Yeah, The the Dodgers know more than us. But there are some organizations where you haven't proved that you know that much more. You probably all do as a collective. But I'm saying, I mean, some of these bonehead moves – Honestly, what were the Mariners doing signing Robbie Ray to that contract? What were they doing? You don't I mean, I still keep going this. back to that. You don't what want did, me to no, I, 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 I want you to get what into did that, Depoto, what, think, what did DePoto think? He's an analytics guy. Why did he sign Robbie Ray to a five-year deal when I'm sure you could have predicted he was going to be worse? I, I said he was going to be still good, but we both not great. Yeah. But And now he's worse than that. So even giving him any credit for being good is backfiring on us arm. What yeah, was DePoto I, I thinking? Thought he'd be fine. Like he's not even fine. Like he's like bad. Jack, what do you think? What do you think about the Robbie Ray deal? What what I see Jerry DePoto doing with uh with uh Robbie Ray is the same thing that I saw Ryan Pace do with Mitch Trubisky. They took a one-year starter in college and drafted him second overall, had a Patrick Mahomes and all other talented quarterbacks because you want to ride this hot hand. Robbie Ray had one good year. He was an all-star, but he was still walking a shit ton of guys in Arizona. What was that, 2015, 2014, 2015? That's not a good year. Like, he was not a good all-star that year. He had one good year. That was last year. Would you rather have Robbie Ray's contract or Avisael Garcia's contract? I'd rather have (laughs) Robbie Ray. It's double the financial commitment, but Robbie Ray is like a serviceable player still. Right. And he's been better lately, at least. I think I'd rather have Ray at this. I'd rather point. have Ray at two hundred million. Would you really? Oh my god! <laughs> you wouldn't. But but he he is 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 know. blowing my mind. But here's the thing, man. I mean, fifty four million dollars for the Marlins is like equivalent to one fifteen for the Mariners. It feels oh, like a hundred percent. I think it's I think it's more. <laughs> like I actually think it's more. Uh, the Mariners took on it like a fair amount of money, and they've delved out contracts that the Marlins would never dream of i don't count the stanton contract because that was a deal that that loria knew he was never paying um but i mean kyle seager contract was big robinson cano contract was big like the mariners have given out mega deals uh like we've seen it um so you know that's something that is incredibly incredibly frustrating uh, speaking of that cano contract in seattle did i tell you what i heard dave sims say on the radio uh dave sims who is electric he he mostly serves as the tv voice of the mariners but Sometimes he joins Rick Riz on the radio. And uh, when Cano got DFA'd by the Mets, I was listening to the Mariners game that night. And Dave Sims was, was saying, yeah, you know, Robbie Cano, he was a great guy when he was here in Seattle. He'd already got popped. And uh, when he got traded, I saw him cleaning out his locker in the clubhouse. And I said, hey, man, you're a good dude. Just don't get popped again. What did he do? He got popped again. Like he <laughs> told that story on the radio. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great story to tell. So uh, I was a big fan of that story. But yeah, I mean, Robbie Cano, that was what? That was 10 years, 240? Yep. And now Robbie Cano is wearing a SpongeBob uniform. And yeah, that was the awesome. best thing that's ever happened. I, I want that. I want to okay. buy that. So 
hear me out though. And I, I saw this sentiment um, echoed on, on Twitter as well. Like think about how much that guy has to fucking love baseball to sign a minor league deal and put on a SpongeBob Chihuahua's Jersey after you've done so much. That guy has to love baseball. I, I wish I knew who tweeted that out because I saw that and I said, yeah, dude, exactly. Those are my thoughts. Exactly. I mean, PEDs aside, he's, he's had a hall of fame career, right? Like in terms of production, he's had a hall of fame career and he's out here dressing like SpongeBob at what? 40 years old. Yeah. I think Manny Ramirez is still playing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. no I don't way. know if anybody loves baseball more than Manny or Julio Franco. Julio, Julio Franco, Franco was the guy. Um, yeah. I saw a couple days ago on uh, it was the anniversary of Julio Franco facing Roger Clemens, and they were a combined 94 years old in that matchup. <laughs> it was like 2007 or something. What the matchup? Please tell uh, me. I, I don't know. I think Clemens probably. <laughs> Age, father, time. Also, um, I saw this like pretty mean tweet. I think it was John Heyman. It was Cody Clemens was making his debut, the son of uh, Roger Clemens, and he was like the second not- best pitcher in. In the family, I was like, is that mean? That's kind of mean. Is that mean? mean. Objectively true. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. Okay, no. no. I thought it was kind of mean. You know, he plays second base, right? Or like infield or outfield. Like he's like he plays all over the second base. Not a pitcher. Yeah, it was a position player pitching. That's why. Yeah, was unaware. Was unaware. And then Ben Verlander replied and goes, "I know that feeling." And okay. uh, Oh, that's good. That's a good cell phone from Ben Verlander. Cell phone, self-deprecating Ben Verlander. Love it. Wow. Um, that guy seems like a good guy. Uh, <laughs> just loves baseball. Yeah. Loves seems baseball. Baseball. All right. I have one more thing I want to talk about minor league wise. Let me start or all start. I should say uh, a story Ruiz is yep. going to steal hundred bases. Yeah. Uh, that is cool as hell. Uh, so there's a guy and, and this might be someone we might even mention Peter on not gambling advice. Uh, in terms of a fantasy outlook, listen to this, Peter. And I know, I know Jack knows about this because now he's in AAA. I mean, Jack was following, but now really is following because uh, he's at the AAA level. And hopefully, will you face Estuary Ruiz at some point, Jack? No. No? Shit. That sucks. But 44 stolen bases in 57 games. Wow. 44 in 57. The last guy to steal triple digits was Billy Hamilton. And I believe only three or four guys have stolen triple-digit bases in the minor leagues ever. Do we think a story Ruiz can do it? What is it? How many games are in a triple-A season, Jack? 150. 150. And we're at 57 games. I-, I want both your predictions. Does he get to the triple-digit mark? What organization is he in? Padres. San Diego. San Diego Padres approaching 100 stolen bases. So he's got 44 and 57 games, you said? I think he could get it. Why couldn't he? Is he getting on base enough or is this just like some random getting on base enough? He's hitting very well. What's his OBP? His OBP on the year. You're going to freak out. 489. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's getting it. He's having one of the best minor league seasons we've seen in a very long time. I I mean, I guess MJ Melendez is up last year was up there, but it's Ruiz 363, 489, 656 slash line between double A and triple A. 14% 14% walk rate, 17% K rate. How old is he? He is 23 years old. Yeah, that's right. He's coming up soon, huh? He's what position? Got he's got second he's... and outfield. Yeah. They could he, use one of those. I think he's a more MLB ready version of CJ Abrams. Yes, correct. Like, huh. I think Abrams will be better long term. Yeah. But if you're looking right now, 
I think guy that'll help the Padres in a playoff push. Like you don't need to go sign Terrence Gore. It, the World Series favorite will sign Terrence Gore. Like the Yankees will probably sign Terrence Gore at some point. <laughs> they got but, Tim LaCastro coming back. Oh, true. I forgot Auburn, New York's finest, Tim LaCastro. But um, yeah, I I think that San Diego's version of Terrence Gore is Astori Ruiz, and Astori Ruiz is eons better than Terrence Gore could have ever dreamed of being in baseball. Could this guy be better than Trent Grisham is right now in center field for them? Or is he not a center fielder? Mm-hmm. You call him a second base outfielder type. That's a good question. No, but he can play center. He's played like 40 plus games in center yeah. this year. So he can play center. I, I think so. I mean, dude, Trent Grisham's hitting what? One, one, 180? You know, Trent Grisham might be a good Miami Marlin. Yep. He would make I'd a lot of sense in a big ballpark. Li- I'd be lying to you if I didn't think about it already. Trust me. I've already thought about it. You'd hate him. You'd oh. hate him. I think he I'd love him. He would, he'd probably give up dude, in Miami too. Dude, just be like, what are we Marlins doing? Marlins fans told me they don't want Ramon Laureano today. Um, Why? They said the cost would be too much. So who and are I, they holding out for? I was, I was suggested by one, and this is actually, it's a faceless profile that replies to me a lot. Uh, usually has very good takes, uh, but you know, likes to challenge me from time do. to time. That's cool. I, I like being challenged, like good thought provoking conversation. This time was not one of those times. Uh, recommended Jordan Luplo uh, for the ability to hit lefties. He's played thir- he's played thirty two innings in center this year. Um, oh, so, nice. Um, yeah. Good. Now, good. Like like yeah. I'm I'm good on that. So We're getting there. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Marlin Marlins fans don't want Ramon Laureano because they think he is not worth the cost and that he is not that great offensively. I think he's a pretty darn good bat, and I think he'll be better offensively on a team that is not lost and pathetically broken with a horrible. And like the Marlins are bad, but the A's are just a different level of bad. Uh, yeah. And and I think you know just being in a new environment could be interesting. But do we think Ramon Laureano is like inevitably getting traded? Right, like he's he's gone. Right, he's got to be one of the the for sure guys getting dealt. Right, and how yes. many other teams are going to try to get him other than the Phillies? Like who else really needs a center fielder? The, the Padres. Who else is going to get a Ramon Laureano? No, what I was going to say, Armour, it's not even inevitable that he's traded. I think it's inevitable that he goes to the NL East. I think he's going to the Phillies or the Marlins because the Phillies, the Phillies almost need him more than you guys do. I mean, the Phillies need a defensive center fielder out there. Especially with Harper stuck at DH now. Yeah. Yes. And Odubel Herrera, you know. He's swinging it all right. Yeah, no, I know he is, but he's also got some past too, where it's just like, how is he even on the team? I'd rather not see him on a baseball field. I agree. Yes, exactly. But you have Mickey Moniak too, and Veerling who's coming back. I just still think they need a defensive center fielder. They just need somebody on defense who's elite, and and Ramon Laureano gives them that, especially up the middle too. Yeah. Hey, maybe AJ Preller. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say sorry. If he goes to the Phillies after Marte went to the Mets, I'm like, I'm. I hear you. Whatever, continue. I was going to say, maybe A.J. Preller dumps off his story Ruiz, um, you know, to, to go get a big league arm or something, right, Depth, I'm kidding. Um, I do want to circle back on Billy Hamilton, though, his age 21 season in the minors between high A and double A. 132 games, 155 stolen bases. I did not know that. He that had an so 830 nice. OPS. Billy Hamilton had an 830 OPS and stole 155 bags in 2012 no wonder he got so much run in the bigs people are just like can he maybe do that again because yeah like get on base at like a 290 clip and you will steal 70 backs that's why aldoberto mondesi is like gold for fantasy owners because he only needs to get on like 20 times in a season to steal 20 bases 
Like right. it's incredible. The guys like that, it's just, they get on and they're, they're automatic base dealers. Can we talk about something for a second? And we don't need to spend that much time on it, but how about like Matt, we haven't talked about this at all. Like Matt Carpenter on the Yankees right now. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, actually I'm glad I do want to talk about it. Yeah. He's got a four. He went over four in his last game and brought his OPS down to about 1386. I mean, he, he has six home runs. He has more home runs than DJ LeMahieu does already this year in 34 plate appearances. This guy, Matt Carpenter looks like Jesus Christ reincarnated with the Yankees. It's amazing. He looks like prime Matt Carpenter again. And every at bat is solid too. Cause you know, a couple of guys, you know, you could just hit a couple out of the ballpark, but if he's just striking out all the time and it's like, Oh, he got kind of lucky. The at bats are so good. He's a grinder. He's so great to have in the lineup. And then I'm going to shout out another Yankee. Jose Trevino deserves some all-star love, whether he gets that, whether he gets there or not is another discussion, but the dude's hitting over 300. He's got an F war at like 1.8. He's been phenomenal behind the plate defensively. And I think he's a big reason why this Yankees pitching staff is so fantastic. Garrett Cole is coming off one of his best starts of the year, lowered his ERA to 3-3. That's the worst ERA of all starters on the Yankees. Like Trevino deserves a lot of love here. How about Who's, Brian Cashman? Yeah, Cashman. I got, I got, I gotta, I gotta just kind of traded Clay Holmes for. I gotta say, it. I'm sorry, Brian. We were hard on you last year. We were. Uh, every move that he's made so far looks great. What do you think, Jack? Sparkling. Give me, give me the return for Clay Holmes, Peter. Hoy John Park and Diego Castillo. Yeah, just goes by Hoy Park now. Um, and then how about uh, Tyone? Canon Smith Jigba. Kanan, yeah. Kanan, Smith, Ajigba. Um, Rosny Contreras. Roancy. Roancy Contreras. Was there anybody else in that deal? Yeah. Yeah. Two more. Two more? I don't remember. Yeah. Miguel Yajor. Yahure. Yahure. And my call is Scotto. Yeah, it's Scotto. Are you doing this to avoid talking about how good the Yankees are, just quizzing me on my grammar? No, I'm just saying that, that the Holmes deal was a fleecing by the Yankees. And the Tyone deal looks mutually beneficial now. Yes, agree. Which looked, isn't it crazy how quick that can turn, how how the tides can turn? Like, you you ask going into this year, I would say that trade was a disaster. disaster. I said that trade was a disaster. Now it looks fine. I love Contreras, and long term, it's a great deal for the Pirates. I mean, I don't think that Tyone gets where he is now if he stays with the Pirates, right? I think Correct. getting in an organization like the Yankees and what they're doing across their whole staff has obviously applied to Tyone and that's why we're seeing him pitch well uh so like you know they develop identified a guy that would fit well in their system and then develop you know continue to help him develop but I mean Brian Cashman's cooking right now I I gotta say it because even to the Trevino you know gets and even to to go get somebody like Clay Holmes as you mentioned but also I just love the fact that they took a shot on Matt Carpenter because Carpenter is a guy that hit 36 home runs one year. I mean, like this is a dude that was one of the better hitters in the game for several years in oh, a yeah. row on that Cardinals core. He was a big part of it. And yes, he is older now. Yes, he slowed down, but he's 36 years old in a stadium now where he was a guy that really got hit by the shift. And I like the Yankees starting to identify guys that got killed by the shift, especially lefties like Rizzo as well, and say, hey, you can kind of lean into it a little bit more. You can go over the shift here and talented hitters that can get away with going pull side a little extra. It's working. And 
I love what we're seeing from Matt Carpenter. Is he going to have a 274 WRC plus? Probably not. No. <laughs> uh, but is he going to be a big part, I think, of this of this Yankees team the rest of the way and serve an important role? I think so. I mean, he's another I'm, he's another one of these veterans who comes over to the Yankees and just starts raking. Cameron Mabin is another one just like mm-hmm. I mean I remember when they traded for Brandon McCarthy and he went on this yeah. crazy run with the Yankees too. But there's some other moves that Cashman made that are really low key. I mean Arm, we've talked about this move, the Joelly Rodriguez for Miguel Castro. Miguel yeah. Castro's gotten Which we both were like, and, what is that? And Joelly's <laughs> getting crushed over there with the New York Mets. He's made and even the Wandy Peralta signing. I mean Wandy Peralta has been one of the best bullpen arms in our in our bullpen i mean wandy has been a great lefty has basically just replicated with jonathan loisigo with him going down and him just being terrible this year the only player in our pen right now who's not good is lucas litke and i expect him to rebound too because i think he's a better pitcher than what he showed maybe he was a flash in the pan but that's it there is no weaknesses on this team right now even kyle agashioko which i've you know i've I've said before that I just don't believe in his bat and I don't think he's the defender that people say he is. But then again, he's just gone yard in the past couple of games. Like everything is rolling and this Yankees team is far and away the best team in baseball right now. Like, I don't even think it's close. I don't think it's close. Hey, after Kirk, who should be the second catcher for the AL All-Stars? I say Trevino? Jose Trevino. I say so. I think Heim. That's just Heim's my thought. There. He's been good as shit. Is Jonah Heim good? He's Jonah good. Heim's really good. And he's been good defensively, too. And so he, he, the TikTok kids were helmets. right. TikTok kids were right. But the were they right TikTok. because of the framer? He's, he's a good framer. TikTok kids were also on uh, Kyle Higashioka. So. Ooh, all right. Neutralizes. Um, weekend series. The Clay Snowden special uh, for shittiest weekend series that we've got. The two worst teams in just baseball's power rankings. Kansas City goes to Oakland to see the A's. You guys tuned in for that? That's actually Must so see bad. TV. <laughs> Seriously? I don't think Apple There's TV some... Plus is picking that one up. No. I mean, we might be just... able to acquire the rights to that one. Actually, should we? <laughs> should we put in a bid <laughs> on like $1,000? Wait, let us know, listeners. Would you tune into a, a, a simulcast or we stream that thing and uh, – for about a thousand bucks, do you think we can make our money back on that investment if we broadcasted that game, Jack? I think we could. Um, actual good series, though. Yankees, Blue Jays, and Toronto is the big one. That's the big one. But Cardinals, Red Sox is really interesting to me, too, because yeah. those are two teams I really want to see how they perform against each other because the Red Sox have been rolling lately, and so have the Cardinals. I'm interested to see when they meet. And then Yankees, Blue Jays is going to be a, you know, a division preview kind of i think these are the two best teams in the al east and both those series i really think cardinals red sox is so interesting so interesting arm what do you think my dogs are barking in the background i hope people are can, can hear that i can't I hear it too. at all good Neither. good it was it, they timed it up really well right as i started talking i was it, it, they they're conditioned i wanted to change the doorbell sound but i realized it's going to take like five days and then they'll be right back in business knowing when to bark uh but no, I, I'm really excited to see what the Blue Jays are going to do, right? Because we've seen them call up Moreno. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that situation. But do they go get a pitcher? Uh, because this series, I think, is going to be a really good barometer for them, right? Like, how do you stack up with the Yankees? How do you compete? Because if I'm what I'm thinking about here, if I'm playing the Yankees, is, okay, what's it going to look like when we play them in the postseason? And how can we match up with them arms-wise? And you, you mentioned on the, on the top of the episode, Gossman tipping pitches, whatever. I, I think, you know, he'll, he'll work through it and he'll be good. So oh, no, I think guy, we mentioned that pre-recording. 
Yeah. I don't think oh, we were talking. Recording? No, but I, yeah. I think Gosman is tipping pitches. He just got blown up again by the Orioles today. That's something that I've been hearing. And I don't know if it's true, but there is something going wrong with Gosman because he just keeps getting blown up all the time. Which is which is weird. But like, ERA's ultimately, 3.08. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know, I still like him. I still like him in the postseason rotation. Like I like their guys at the top. I think they'll be okay, but they need to go get another arm. And, and I think they feel the pressure. I'm starting to think more and more that the that the Jays could be the team that really steps up and goes and gets a Luis Castillo. Uh, and I think they could be great trade partners with the Reds, who I think the Reds need to start looking at bats again, right? Like they've stockpiled the arms. Now they can go look at some bats and, and the Blue Jays have plenty of those uh, at the top of their system and, and some other guys that I think don't even really fit in at the big league level. Uh, and the other thing is the Reds aren't really keen on, on adding 19 year olds, right? They, they want guys that are kind of closer to big league ready. They don't want the full teardown. The Blue Jays have a lot of guys like that. Uh, I could see Groshans and, and another couple prospects going over and the Blue Jays get Luis Castillo. Peter, are you nervous? Yeah. Of course I'm nervous. The Blue Jays are already really good. You get Luis Castillo? Yeah, I'm pretty nervous. The only reason why I'm not super nervous is what is going on with Gosman because we know even last year, Gosman had an incredible first half, looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then the second half of the Giants fell off a cliff. Now, amazing first half. I mean, we're not even at the first half yet, so we're not evaluating it yet. But we will see if Gosman puts together two good halves like he hasn't before. Barrios continues to get crushed. Yeah. continues to get crushed. Alec Manoa is the fucking truth. Like no notes on him. He is the truth. Absolutely. But then beyond that, Kikuchi, you scared of Kikuchi? I'm not. I'm Besides not that, like, so I'm scared because then Manoa Castillo, I mean, that's, you can go up with anybody. You, you could be that. down 2-0 quick. And then if Gosman finds it again, then it gets like crazy scary. And then they're right there with the Yankees. But will that all happen? Because that's like best case scenario in the sense of like Gosman not falling off in the second half, you know, Kikuchi rebounding, you know, all these Manoa continuing dominance. This is all I, we, it should happen, but will it probably not? That's my thing. I think the Yankees are flying nice right now. Could a straight up deal like right now. tell Tell me if this is feasible. Could a straight up deal Luis Castillo for Orelvis get it done because there's there's not space for him in Toronto. No, I mean I think you got to trade Orelvis, but I think you need more. I think you yeah. got to add another guy. Or two. How much more? Like a filler? Like a like a couple of decent lower level guys. Orelvis is killing it in Double A this year. I know. I don't love Orelvis. I, I but I know you is- don't, but I feel like the Reds might. <laughs> yeah, the Reds might. That is true. Aurelvis and you know maybe even a change of scenery, Kevin Biggio like throwing in there, and then oh, that could ticket type of thing. that could be fun. I mean, the Reds, Kevin, B- Dude, Brandon Drury is hitting for the Reds. Yeah, well, Kevin- Brandon Drury is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like throw Kevin Biggio out there. Maybe it works for him. I'm curious. I want to, you know, a series I'm looking towards and I'm excited about White Sox Astros because Jack, you guys get swept here. Shit starts to hit the fan. Yeah, oh, you think. <laughs> Liam Hendricks is hurt. Uh, Kopech, is he, is he going to miss his turn through the rotation? He's going to miss his turn. Um, we're looking at Giolito and Framber tonight. Then we're looking at Cueto and Verlander on Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's, that's, I'm actually like amped for that. Cueto, Verlander is sick. Uh, circa 2011. And then we've got a big fat TBD on Sunday night baseball against Christian Javier, who is certified good at pitching, Peter. We'll see. 
<laughs> That's a good test. It's got we'll a three test. two ERA, Great man. We'll see. We'll see. What, what is his ERA? Three two. What's Quantrill's? It better or worse? Cal's is higher. It's like three three though. Cal's is three three eight. Javier is three two zero. Ooh. I wonder who finishes his year with a higher ERA. We'll see. With a higher ERA, Quantrill. Higher ERA. We'll oh see. God. No, I. I mean, well, you know, with with Javier, it was always. I thought he was a two-pitch guy whose fastball, I didn't know how it was going to work not being a swingman anymore. Um, you know, it was 93. I thought it might tick down the more he throws in the rotation. If you just go in six, seven innings, you guys are just queuing stats right now to just come back at me. Um, yeah, that's that's that, that was my opinion with him. Uh, should I just get on Baseball Savant now? Because I'm sure you guys are going to come at me with, you know, his walk rate against the fastball this year wasn't that bad. I, no, I was... Just, I was confirming that he's a two-pitch guy. He's a four-seam fastball at 94 and a slider 28% of the time mixes in a curveball and a changeup. The good old taste breakers might just be enough, uh, but they kind of suck. Yeah, they do kind of <laughs> suck. Getting, they're getting crushed. But uh, no, it, they're, they're, they're both interesting guys in different regards. But you know, Javier, I will say like he will have his blow-up outings when the slider's not working because then it's just, just fastball. Just fastball. And, and two breaking balls. And it's that you not don't a very good fastball. And it's, also, it's, that it's is such good. a win for it's me. A, it's a very good fastball. Both of you guys just went stat, and then normally you would just unload on me, and I love when we do that, but you didn't unload on me. So here's stat. You won that. Here's lowercase x. Uh, fastball opponents are hitting 190 with expected <laughs> batting average of 183. I know. We'll see how that keeps going. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I, it doesn't move that much. doesn't move much, and it's 93. I mean, there's they're, they're diving into the vertical. And the he's throwing sixty percent of the time, and opponents are hitting one ninety off of it. It's been impressive this year. Percent whiff rate. That's where I'm eating my words right now. Like I'm surprised that this yeah. fastball has progressed, and that opponents are not doing well off it. That was my bad. I just saw a ninety three mile an hour fastball coming in from the bullpen, and then one other slider. I've seen those taste breakers. I didn't think that they were any good, and I'm saying, okay, now over six innings, is that ninety three going to last? And it's not doesn't move much. And then he's got the slider, which is great. I'm not saying it's not, but that was, that's my concern. Is he really a good starter when compared to Luis Garcia and Framber? I just didn't think so. And we'll see. Hold on. I'm pulling up induced vertical break. There we go. (laughs) Uh, I'll buy you some time here because, you know, a lot of the time when we talk fastball and breaking ball, um, we're talking about command at the top of the zone with the fastball, bottom of the zone with a breaking ball with Javier, he's got command east to west with it so he stays inside the righty bats with the fastball and he works to the opposite the the offside of the plate to righty bats with the slider so east west command of both pitches is very strong for javier and i like that hernandez does the same thing oh that's good that's great yeah um yeah got induced vertical break yet dick I'm, I'm, you didn't buy me enough time um, <laughs> because so, it's not there. That's we why. Can plug social media it's real zero. quick. <laughs> or should we talk about June performers? The end. It's it's real quick. I got the top June performers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. We'll do it at the end. Um, just in the month of from June first to June fifteenth, I queried all the stats, and these are some of the best performers in the month of June. Jordan Alvarez leads in WRC plus at two two hundred and seventy nine. He's got a two hundred and seventy nine WRC plus. He's hitting four sixty eight. Yeah, he's got like a he's got a thirteen fifty OPS. I want to say <laughs> he's got a twelve percent walk rate, eight percent K rate, and he's he's accumulated one point two F WAR during that span. That's how good of a hitter he's been, and he's not even playing defense, and he's accumulating the most WAR out of anybody in the month. 
Byron Buxton has also been on an absolute tear lately with the home runs. He has seven home runs in June. He has a 236 WRC plus. Reese Hoskins is swinging a really hot bat. So yes. is Bryce Harper. So is Aaron Judge. And of course, so is Paul Goldschmidt. But another hot performer, at least in June so far, is Michael Brantley hitting 429 in June, 216 WRC plus. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is starting to heat up. 211 WRC plus he's hitting 333 with seven home runs in the month of June. Can you talk to me about Santiago Espinal as well? I think he's hitting 400 in June. Santiago Espinal is hitting 400 in June with a 212 WRC plus. He's got three home runs himself. He's not walking that much, but he's not striking out at all. And he's accumulated a lot of war too. I full blown love him. I mean, how can you not? He's also super versatile around the infield. And Brian Reynolds is a guy who struggled all year. He's hitting over 400 in June so far, striking out a lot, but hitting over 400 in June. I was really expecting him to start to really hit because he's way better than what he's performed with the Pirates so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you're going the whole off season dealing with trade rumors. And he was asked a lot about it. Like they would ask him. He was the guy. Wasn't he the guy in trade rumors? It was, yeah. like oh, he was literally the name coming up all the time. And, and reporters would ask him about it. That has to weigh on you to a degree. And, and I'm sure that that had to kind of just make him enter the season a little bit differently than he normally did. I want to add one more point on, on one of the names that you just mentioned, Peter, uh, before, you know, I call it a day on my end and whatever you guys have, I'm, I'm game to talk about, but I want to talk about Bryce Harper. Because it was really cool to watch like consecutively all of his ABs over the last, you know, several games and seeing the different Bryce Harper we're seeing right now. He can't swing as hard right now because of that elbow. He's got this big sleeve on and he's, he's pretty under control because when he whiffs on big swings, it hurts. So he is actually swinging almost like two strike swing all the time. And as a result, we're seeing him make as much contact as he has ever made. And I, do you remember on the podcast during the season last year, I used to joke with you guys, I think Bryce Harper's not swinging hard enough because sometimes it looked like he was going to break his like entire body swinging so hard. He's not doing that now. And, and he's, you know, potentially going to put up the best just batting average that we've seen since his MVP season, the first MVP season. He's hitting 317, 386, 20. And he's so strong and has such ridiculous bat speed that he's going to still hit the home runs. I wonder if, if this version of Bryce Harper might almost have given him a revelation that like, hey, I don't need to swing as hard as I fucking can. And I can just make contact and, and you know, kind of tone it down a little bit. I don't want anybody ruling out a possible Bryce Harper NL MVP season. And, and we don't know what Paul Goldschmidt's going to do. I don't know what Mookie Betts is going to do. Like, it's tough, you know, first year with the DH in the National League, and he's a DH for the overwhelming majority of the year. The odds are stacked against him winning the MVP as a designated hitter. But listen, Bryce Harper could very well still have an OPS over 1,000. And if he's the only guy in the National League with an OPS over 1,000 at year's end, you got to think about it. And you got to think about it if the Phillies do turn this thing around and become legitimate World Series contenders with a couple of moves. If Bryce Harper is the best hitter on one of the better teams in the national league. You got to think about him for an MVP. Yes. And so when I think about players that are really important, and this is a take that I was talking about with Dustin earlier, you know, yesterday, and we've just been talking about this all season. So there are a couple of players like, you know, the most valuable player when we talk about it, but I'm kind of interested in the most important player to a team's winning success. And we were talking about it. Mookie Betts 
seems like the most important player in baseball for their team. And I know you're going to say, you know, say Dodgers and they roll by themselves. Yeah. Look at how the Dodgers perform when Mookie Betts is on fire versus when he's not. He's the table setter. He's the ultimate table setter for this offense. And with his struggles lately, the Dodgers have been struggling lately. When Mookie Betts is on his MVP tirade that he was a couple of weeks ago, the Dodgers cover the spread and can't lose to save their life. I, I was going to throw that at that. Is Mookie Betts the most important player for his team's success? I'm going to throw a star next to it because while Mookie has struggled over the last couple of weeks, so is Freddie Freeman. Freeman has had a True. very rough couple of weeks. So Freddie and True. Mookie at the same time does not help. Arm. I think Mookie is one of the most, because he can help you in so many different ways, right? Like he's by definition five tool and, and can really set, like Peter said, set the table, but also win you the ball game and play the cleanup hitter. He can play the leadoff guy. He can, he can play the, the big defensive guy, whatever it is. It's like a stretch four in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he literally is like a stretch four. But you know who's just like that to me? And, and I would say I think is the most important player to his team is Jose Ramirez. Because yeah. Jose Ramirez accounts for, I think, 25% of his team's RBIs. He accounts for 30% of his team's home runs. Uh, he is stealing bases. He's playing good defense. He's doing everything. I would love, I wish we could experiment and remove Jose Ramirez from the Guardians and simulate the season and see where they'd be. No, see, see, Arm, this is this is what we were talking about. Is because uh, he, uh, Dustin brought up Jose Ramirez too. And I was like, but if Jose Ramirez is going, that doesn't mean that the rest of the Guardians offense is necessarily going. Like, I feel like he's just going to hit regardless. And if they're hitting or not, it just happens. I was talking about a guy who changes momentum on their own team because Jose Ramirez. I think we have to have some sort of discussion because he might be the best overall player in this entire sport. I mean, he's oh my God, he does everything amazingly. But I'm just talking about the guy that when he's doing well, the rest of the team does well. And then if he's doing poorly, the rest of the team does poorly. Let me let me point out um, yeah. qualified hitters for the Dodgers right now. Four qualified hitters in the month of June have an OPS over 800. Gavin Lux, Will Smith, Trey Turner, and Chris Taylor. Mookie or uh, Freddie Freeman has a 602 OPS in June. Three guys are under 600. Cody Bellinger, who's been awful. Mookie Betts and Justin Turner. So if, if Mookie's struggling right now, he's dragging Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger, and Justin Turner with him right now. So I got to say, Justin Turner looks washed. Oh. speed. Whoa. Dude, he it's is a bold not claim. putting good. No, he's not actually washed. I'm saying looks washed right now. Yeah. It's just the bats he's putting up. He's getting blown up a high velo. He does Every not look I good in the box. Cooked, though, he just, he I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Washed right now. I do not want to say he is washed. He looks washed right now. I, I, I just, I'm writing something on Jose Ramirez right now. Um, he's a, he's amazing. I mean, he's walking twice as much as he strikes out. He has 16 homers. He has 11 stolen bases. He's hitting 307. He has an 11, over a thousand OPS. I, I, like, he's not going to win MVP. Uh, probably because Aaron judge or, or somebody else will take it. But I mean, I don't know if there's a player that does more for their team. He reminds me of like the little, the best player on his little league team. Uh, like I was going to say, he reminds me of the young LeBron pre Miami when he was the only guy for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he was dragging those sad saps. I mean, granted like the guardians will never be as good, but basketball is also a sport that can be driven by one individual on a team. LeBron needs more credit for that 2007 series too. I mean, he dragged. Yeah, I mean, freak Mo Williams and 
free. Just me Drew Gooden, Gooden, right? Like it was like LeBron, Mo Williams, and us three against yeah, no, the rest it, of the league, and he was winning. People always, when people are, talk about LeBron's final stuff, like it blows my mind. I'm like, look at the team he he literally brought the Just Baseball show to the finals. <laughs> Like, you're right, Peter. He literally brought the JV show to the finals. Oh, he lost. He shouldn't have even gotten there. He should have got yeah. bounced in the first round. Like, like, like he's Jack at the four. Yeah. Jack well, can't Jack's hit a got a nice shot. elbow jumper. I've got a, a nice sick shot. mid-range jumper. Uncontested right. mid-range jumper. I'm fucking wet. Would you wear goggles right. like Jalen Smith style or would you go, would you go uh, contacts? I'd probably go contacts. I have my bi-weekly contacts sitting here. I, I tend to wear those while I go do my hooping at the local YMCA. Not pooping, hooping. Hooping. <laughs> hooping. Do my hooping. Uh, also, one other question, you know, and this is to kind of just give kids – strength and you know if you ever get bullied you were yeah. called four eyes on a public forum on tiktok like, yeah i was jack you were called four eyes for yeah. one of your sport your take on trevor story yeah uh, great classic insult one of the funniest replies someone duetted it and called you four eyes from an account that i think had like it was i forget what those guys are but they've got a lot of followers they, that's awesome funny on them. that's yeah. awesome and you still rock those glasses yeah i do why can you can you inspire some kids to just not be you know, not let the bullies get to them. Yeah, yeah. Listen up, kids. <laughs> As he adjusts his glasses. Yeah. Embrace your inner loser. Um, that was the <laughs> best thing to ever happen to me. I decided to embrace my inner loser. I'm fucking weird. I know that. And I'm accepting that. And here we go. We're hosting a baseball podcast. I'm about to go call a ball game. I'm living my best fucking life right now. And I've got a picture of me and my girlfriend back there. Whoever can call me four eyes, feel free. Feel free. I've got a girlfriend. I do some cool shit during the day and I'm a loser. I'm cool with it. I don't think you're a loser. I think you're a winner, Jack. That but was actually, that was awesome. That was a great That's one. That's exactly what I was hoping for. I think we wrap up now. Why don't you go yeah. give us a follow on Twitter at just BB media and all of the social media tags, of course, but go check out our friends at loop. <clears throat> we have a $20. <clears throat> <clears throat> we have a $20. You're code. a loser for coffee. Yeah, I know just it's uh, getting all in me. We have a $20 code. In our episode description, you click that link in order to get the loop credits. And we've just been breaking cards. I mean, you guys know the drill. Anybody who's listening to Just Baseball Show, got some more. I got, a, I got another pack coming yesterday. We got another one coming in. And I mean, might as well just use the $20 to get some baseball cards. And we're going to be doing more live streams on there. Arm's doing a bunch of live streams too. Um, that's all we got for you all today. Yeah. Unless Arm, you got anything else? No, I'll close it out with just three of the big hits from Loop recently that they just sent me today. Someone pulled a one-of-one one Shohei Otani uh, jersey autograph, tops autograph issue. That's insane. I have no idea what that's worth. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Witt Jr., rookie auto, that's sick. This is insane. This has to be worth a ton. Oh, my goodness. Mike Trout, dual autograph, dual jersey. What, where do people pull these things out of? With Shohei Otani out of five, both Mike Trout autograph, Shohei Otani autograph, top Sterling with both of their jerseys. That's a million dollar card. That's got to be a billion dollar card. That's got to be. No, it's not. It's a million dollar card. <laughs> Don't get people's see, hopes up. You want to see a <laughs> billion is, dollar card? Yes. Clark Schmidt. Not PSA Clark Schmidt. Starts tonight. The Clark Schmidt. Oh, I put it on back. <laughs> Clark Schmidt. The Clark there we go. Schmidt experience. He's been Starts good tonight against the Rays. Luis Severino just put on the COVID IL. That sucks. But now we see Clark Schmidt take the mound. He's about to go four strong, only two earned. I bet. And with that, thank you, everybody.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.